If you're a Disney Plus subscriber and you're watching The Mandalorian, Jack and I have a podcast for you. Every week, we'll discuss the latest episode of The Mandalorian and talk about other great content and maybe some not-so-great content on Disney Plus as well. As two lifelong Star Wars fans, we have a ton of fun geeking out over all the little details of the show, and we want you to join us every Monday. So search for Disney Plus Reviews. That's Disney P-L-U-S Reviews. Hey, Phil, how about that, Baby Yoda? Baby Yoda says, what's the podcast? Fire up your chainsaws, pop culture fans, because it is your boys at Quality Check Podcast, bringing you another new episode. And we're talking about the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> As always, I'm one of your hosts, Daniel Posey, and joining me across the internet with his chainsaw, just with a, a brand new batch of gas in it. It's mm. going to last for the rest of this episode. It's Drew Douglas. Yeah, I greased it up. It's ready. You've got a new chain on it. It had been in a wall for 40 years, but it still runs perfectly. <laughs> you needed a sledgehammer not to use on anyone or anything except for the wall. It was like they watched John Wick and they're like, you know, it'd be kind of fun if we did basically the same thing where he's pulled back in, but he's getting a chainsaw out and it's Leatherface. I really hope that was the idea from the creator or the producers of this uh, in which they created, they're credited as the ones who came up with the story idea. I hope that's what they just cobbled together. John Wick, Halloween, and they're like, let's, we're seeing all these cool things happening. What if we just made this happen in Leatherface? It's like, who, first of all, who's the one that put it in the in the wall? Did he do that? Did he hide it from his like foster mom? Did she put it in there knowing at some point he would want to bust it out and go to town? Like, there's so many questions around that alone. All right. So the other thing, it's an orphanage, right? Yeah. Um, What was he doing just hanging out at an orphanage until, you know, like, he's, what, 60? He's in his, like, 70s. Late 60s or 70s, if we're going off, that this is a direct sequel to the first one. Pop culture, movie fans, thanks for joining us on another episode of Quality Check Podcast. Today, we are dedicating this entire episode to the history of Texas Chainsaw Massacre because we get a new one. Drew, as you said, it's the direct sequel to the original, the OG Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie that came out 50 years ago, Um, which is wild to think. Like, did did we need this? I don't know. We'll get into that. (laughs) <laughs> do we need anything at this point yeah. if you are unaware the plot after nearly 50 years in hiding leatherface returns to terrorize a group of influencers trying to breathe new life into a texas ghost town rotten tomatoes critics 31 percent um not good they hate it this is what i find hard to believe though audiences uh the rating on Rotten Tomatoes, 500 plus ratings so far, apparently 36%. That seems too low. Yeah. Our predictions, I said 46, you said 30%. We'll officially lock this in in our game next week. But, oh boy, how did I get basically 15% off? (laughs) Well, that's been me most 
movies. And I can't believe that I, as of right now, I'm just 1% off. That doesn't seem real. So let's get right into it. Did you love or hate this movie? I'm torn, honestly, because I was kind of into it for the first, mm, say, two-thirds. And I was digging it. I'm like, okay, it's got some some good setup. Um, but the ending, the final third, kind of pissed me off uh, for a lot of reasons. <laughs> yeah, mainly because of characters wasted. It's kind of a double entendre there. I loved the hack fest, but I disliked we bring back an OG character just for her to live for like three minutes. If that, um, yeah, it was weird. It just felt weird. So I did appreciate certain slasher elements to this movie. So I love stuff for that reason. But at the end, whenever I finished watching it, I was like, before the final scene happens and I'm like, I don't know if I'd watch this again. Then the final Ooh. scene happens. I'm like, I may have to watch this again. <laughs> <laughs> so because of that reason, uh, I'm going with low loves. Ooh, low loves. I got medium to high loves on this one. Really? really? Yeah, I really had a lot of fun with it. And there's a few reasons why. One, visually, I would argue next to maybe the 2003 remake, this is the best looking Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie that we've gotten. Mm -hmm. It's a brisk 81 minutes. That makes it worth. This thing flew by. And that is a detriment in that there's no character development and there really is no plot to speak of. But for this kind of movie, I'm okay with that. And then it's just a... The gore, the violence in this one, um, I'm all in on that. I, I, it doesn't literally make any sense that a 70-year-old man is doing any of this stuff. <laughs> it was thoroughly entertaining for me. Uh, now, people are calling, and you just call this a slasher. This is not slasher to me. I mean, I, I feel like it's the only one that would come close to describing this kind of horror film because I just don't know what else it would you would classify it as if it's not in a case like this, it literally is a massacre, like a straight up massacre. Well, yeah, everything in the title is, it happens. It's in Texas. There is a chainsaw. (laughs) There's a massacre. You you checked it all off. Congratulations. Now you find it interesting that he, for the last, I don't know, five decades has been in the care of this foster mom who he clearly has uh, just, feelings for emotional feelings she dies and he carves her face off (laughs) what at first i was like oh that's kind of sad he didn't have any feelings towards her and then i'm like oh i think that's (laughs) he's like that's like how he's holding her close to his heart yeah by by shaving off her face it makes me wonder if there are more incidents like this that have happened but maybe she was the one keeping him sane I did like that element because when that was going down and we're in this cornfield and we see this happening in the rear view mirror, which is a way, a cool, a cool way to shoot this and to also drop us in the middle of him just going off the rails. I dug that. I was on board for him. And like I said, I was really into the first two thirds of this. Um, 
So the the story and like what gets us going, totally fun. I'm I'm cool with it. Um, and it modernizes this kind of story by you know having the influencers involved. Uh, overall, yeah, I would say that I enjoyed the way that like we have this cool setup where Leatherface is in hiding. We don't know what's happened since he went on this rampage when he was younger, as well as the main character. Um, but then we bring both of them back and it's interesting because there she's haunted by this. I wish there was the, the one thing where I say of this story I dislike is I wish they went more in the direction of this other character more uh, like she was not even really a side character. She was just thrown in as almost a cameo, but I found that to be interesting. Like she's haunted, but we get the exact same thing with Halloween, the DG, yeah. you know, David Gordon green um, sequel and which Lori is haunted by Michael Myers. It's a, the same premise. So it's not necessarily that we're getting anything new or different. Uh, with this. So I don't know. It's almost like I have to think more about it because my first thought is not a fan. I wish we got to see more of that character. But then in that, in this kind of story, what else can you really do? I'd rather just not have Sally at all. One, she doesn't, yeah. she doesn't hold a candle to Lori Strode and Halloween. Now, granted, Halloween has used Lori numerous times. And then you yeah, had to bring her in for 10 minutes and have her get sawed in half. And then she somehow survives and, <laughs> and like shoots him. It makes absolutely no sense. I thought that was a complete waste. It'd be, it would be interesting. Maybe if we pull a dark fate terminator, dark fate, but we don't team Sally and this other survivor up right away, but we get the survivor and then Sally later, or maybe Sally hears about her. And then that is the next movie. But yeah, may, now I'm leaning more toward what you're saying. Don't bring back Sally. We'll focus on this. And then at the end, we pull a split. And then it's like, oh, wow. It's revealed that there's this character that's still alive. Something like, I don't know. I think there's something there. It's just cobbled together. Pretty apparent for a long time. that there's. I think I mentioned this before. There's only so much you can do, I think, with this franchise. It's just so limited. Yeah, I'm a, I I love the idea of what they did with the influencers coming in. There is almost kind of this resurgence of downtown areas right now. I feel like we've been living in in the past like 5 to 10 years where it's like millennials coming in, rejuvenating it. Now this is more the Gen Z crowd where they're coming in and they're trying to revitalize literally ghost town. I like that idea. And I, I I appreciate how it's like they're wanting to do all these things um, to to make it better and make it their own like community. I found it interesting because online I read that this was basically boomers lashing out at the Gen Zers. But I mean, do you think they were making fun of the Gen Z kids because they're supposed to be essentially the good guys in this, and they get hacked up, and we love it and. <laughs> really only one person survives and she wasn't even really someone that wanted to be there. They are, they are basically trying to point out flaws like, okay, well you want to do this, but then you end up disrespecting like this older lady, she mm -hmm. dies. And then that pisses off 
a man who's literally <laughs> suppressed his maniacal, murderous rampage feelings for 50 years because of you coming and doing this. So I don't know, like it's, it's interesting because there's something, like I said, there's something there, but um, I, I do wonder if it, this is more of a, more than a tongue in cheek, uh, like, like they're poking at the Gen Z crowd. So yeah, I would say that it is kind of like them throwing shade, major shade. So did you love hates the main cast of characters? Cause I'll say as, as much as a lot of these people annoyed me, they do do things in this movie where uh, like the Texas guy, for instance, is kind of an a-hole, but he comes to the rescue of several people. And in one regard is kind of a hero, or he at least tries to go out like a hero, but we still, they are still kind of cliched in a lot of ways. Yeah, very much. So I would say that, all these characters seemed very cliched, even, you know, Sally bringing her back. Um, I didn't really like any of the younger characters at all. I feel like we all, for the most part, it's like none of us are supposed to like them. Um, because Dante and Melody are the two main characters and Lila is technically like the, I don't know, second, she's the third main character but She's um, the final girl too, which is what's insane. Yeah. Um, and I was kind of wondering if they were going that direction. But Dante, actually, I enjoyed Dante for the most part. But outside of that, I was like, let's just go to Hacktown. Um, that's kind of how <laughs> that's how they set this up. Uh, in terms I mean, that's of like all these it characters. Is. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's a slasher because they introduce a ton of characters. And I think there are a few who it's like, you just don't know enough about them. Um, but even some of the characters, it's like they do or say certain things. It's like, okay, you know what? This is a horror movie. <laughs> you doing that immediately makes me not like you talk about, for example, the, the Texas guy, it's like, all right, he's in trouble. But then everyone has like those stages where it's like, they're not getting out of this live. Um, Overall, like it made for the cast made for a good movie of what this ended up being, but not being likable characters. Even Sally was very throwaway. Like Sally very sucks. Cardboard. I'm sorry, that whole thing is just stupid. <laughs> it's such a waste. Yeah, it sucked. And I don't. I mean, the thing is, like, I'm never really. This is going to sound bad. I've never really thought much about returning to Sally, but also we've, like you said, got, we have St Laurie Strode and we've had this, you know, we've been spending time in her world for the last two Halloween movies and soon to be a third and final for this new DGG Halloween series. So like, I don't really know if we need this type of story again. I mean, I can assure you that we don't. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I mean, it's fun to watch people that you don't like get hacked up but at the same time it is nice when you are invested in someone and you don't want them to die and then you you have reactions when they do die and that's just not the case in this one it's just almost everyone you're you're really happy to see them die in the worst possible ways now loves hates for this being a gore fest because 
all this time, the the creators of this have been saying they want to honor the original, which is funny because the original, though violent, is not like this. This is like mm-hmm. amplified by a thousand. <laughs> um, so in that regard, this is nothing like the original, but I did like, uh, I was all in on just the gore, the the effects that went into it. Going into this movie, you're wanting that and you definitely get it. So that's something that this movie amplifies, like you said, to a thousand. Uh, There have been a lot of complaints about this movie's version of Leatherface. Like we said, this takes place 50 years after after the original, which would make him late 60s, 70s at least. (laughs) He's agile like a cat. And uh, he's almost weirdly enough supernatural in a way that like Michael Myers is and they've leaned into that and that's awesome and that works. A lot of people are not liking this version where he's he gets shot multiple times. He gets hit by a chainsaw. He gets drowned, yet he keeps coming back. <laughs> I didn't have a problem with it because I'm watching Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to say I love it because it was just fun to watch him do his thing. Uh, did you have an issue with that? I agree with what you said. Just enjoying seeing this for for that factor. Uh, there's so much that happens here that it almost is like a satire of horror movies because of some of the decisions the characters make. Uh, even Leatherface does certain things that's truly asinine. But I do kind of wonder if there is something that would be worth pursuing when we first heard about this movie, this story, this premise of Old Man Leatherface, that, oh, well, what what could you do? Is there anything that you could do with this kind of character? I still kind of wonder if there's another avenue, but it would be more of almost like a of a M. Night Shyamalan style take on it. Um, but what we get is the original movie turned up to an 11. I don't know how this is doing on Netflix and Netflix acquired this film, but the director, David Blue Garcia says he is interested in returning for a sequel. If legendary entertainment who helped finance this movie uh, moves forward with a sequel, which you know, at some point is going to happen. Would you be down for another one of these movies? I don't know. Maybe it's something that if we get something on Netflix and it's a short breezy movie maybe i mean it, I, i'm kind of torn once again i'm i'm on the fence i'll say i'm leaning to yes i was going to ask you how did you watch cuz you said you watched this on an airplane did you watch it like on your phone <laughs> yeah or is um, like is christopher nolan going to be sending you a very angry text messages yes you he will him? here's the thing i told you i was not going to do that because i wanted to watch it on my uh, bigger screen at home. I wanted to have the surround up, but there's something I'm like, you know what? I'm going to watch. I just want to watch this. I downloaded it on Netflix on my phone, watched it that way. I had fun, but I had to keep like turning, you know, because I, I thought people <laughs> were like, man, this guy's into some sick stuff because yeah. of all the things that happen. I'm like, all right, it's a movie people. I just want to enjoy a good horror movie. And honestly, that's the reason why I watched it because I was really wanting a good breezy horror film. And at the end, I'm like, I could see myself returning to this because of that reason, because it's like you said, a stylistic flick that 
could end up scratching one of those itches every once in a while that you want to just put on. And maybe you put on in the background and you got a couple of scenes that stand out like the bus scene and you uh, can enjoy it now and again. I could see this movie getting played on Netflix a lot after this. Switching gears here. The Rotten Tomatoes game. We're we have one. We're bring, we bring it back every week. Uh, we just keep adding movies that we're going to guess. So this Loves. one we're going to do this week is Studio 666. It's a new movie starring the Foo Fighters. They're holed up in some mansion writing their album. And I think Dave Grohl gets possessed. <laughs> I'm a big Foo fan. You like the Foo. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one's going to be super hard to guess because I don't think this looks very good. Yeah. And I honest, I don't know what in the world critics are going to say. I really don't. This is, I could see them going, oh, this is kind of goofy fun. Or they could think, um, man, the acting in this is super bad, which I <laughs> have a feeling it is based off the two-minute trailer that I watched. Right. Would you like me to go first? Sure. Honestly, I'm torn on this big time because mm. there, here's the reason why. And this is going to have very, very little bearing. But we've got the Foo coming to making this film. The very first movie that Dave Grohl made was Sound City, and that was praised. That currently sits at 100%. On Rotten Tomatoes by critics. But that's like that's like not a movie though, right? Isn't that a documentary? It's a documentary, yeah. So, and that's that's a great documentary. Here's the thing. I don't want to say. I'm not. I don't want to say what I'm going to say. I'll save that. You can guess, and I'm going to make my prediction and say what I was on my mind now. Mm, my goodness, uh, man. Okay, I, I tend to lean. This is not going to be great, but I think they'll have a little fun with it. They being critics. So I'm going to say, um, hmm, gosh, I'm going to say 53%. Ooh. Uh, I'm going to say this, this may sound outrageous. I'm going with a much higher score. Ooh. And I'm going to let, let's go with 75%. Mm. This could end up being a new This is Spinal Tap where critics love that movie. And that's cherished as like one of the greatest rock and roll movies, even though it's a satire. That movie is directed by Rob Reiner and it's seen as like carrying a lot of like quotes and uh, memorable moments. I kind of wonder, this could be one of those uh, sleepers in terms of getting attention. I don't think it'll do well at the box office, but I do think it could end up getting a cult following. And mm. But that was written by really good people, and that also had actors. That's a good point, yeah. Which this most definitely does not have. Like, the acting does not look good in this, in the, it, in, yeah. again, in the preview. Maybe this will just be a fun like B horror film. That's what I'm honestly. That's what I'm. I'm hoping for. Um, it could be really bad because, like you said, it it, lo it just looks bad. 
you know, before we started recording, I said that well, I've heard others say this looks like a streaming movie, but I kind of want to see it. All right. So 75 for you, 53 for me. Mm-hmm. We'll have some updates when we have another episode, which we're going to do our March picks. We got Ooh. some good things in March, including some new stuff from Mr. Ben Affleck. We got a Robert Pattinson movie coming out called The Batman. I don't know if you've heard of it. I'm sure that that'll make the list somewhere. I have already changed my list twice because of a few things coming out. There's one, and it's I. I feel like it's flying under the radar big time. Um, I am stoked for it. I think I know what it is. Uh, what what is that? I'm pretty sure it's going to be season three of Atlanta. Ooh. Well, if that's that not crazy? on your list, then I'm going to be shocked. Um, there's yeah, I won't say, I can't say, but uh, there, I think March is going to be a really good month. I'm I'm stoked for it. I got to spend a lot of time inside, so I'm not getting my butt handed to me by allergies, my allergen, my uh, my allergen issue, because I want to make sure I can actually talk on the podcast rather than coughing up a lung. We'll pray for you, okay? Well, gotta pray for us all because we got Studio Six 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 coming out, and it doesn't look so great. <laughs> but this one's for you, Dave Grohl. Until next time, keep watching.